Hey everybody, this is Mark Iskowitz, Executive Editor at MMM. Hope you're doing well. Um, I'm here to welcome you to another episode of the MMM podcast. Kind of a special episode uh, today. Um, this week uh, is uh, kind of in between episodes, but uh, we wanted to uh, post an episode this week because we have a very special guest uh, to talk with us today. Her name is Taylor Mahmoud. She's EVP Business Development at Razorfish Health. Hey, Taylor. Hello. How you doing? Good. How are you? Good. And we're going to talk uh, talk to Taylor about a very important topic in the industry these days, uh, which is diversity and inclusion. Um, and uh, she's a somewhat of a uh, well-spoken uh, person on that topic uh, because, uh, she, and, and in fact, she's leading a discussion um, at MM&M's upcoming Plus One event, uh, which is an event uh, that's taking place in Philadelphia next month on the 14th, which is devoted to amplifying the discussion, if you will, on diversity in healthcare and in our industry. And Taylor has some uh, very poignant thoughts on that. Uh, the name of the talk that she's going to be facilitating is called The Journey to a Diverse Boardroom. So we will we'll talk about that and more coming up. So again, thank you for joining us. And uh, if it's okay with you, Taylor, we will launch into the questions. Let's go. All right. I like that attitude. All right. Uh, so first of all, um, you know, I wanted to get your take on uh, a topic that, you know, we've all seen and heard uh, a lot about, written about the lack of diversity um, in healthcare. Uh, so just give me, give me your very broad thoughts on, uh, you know, in general, uh, the lack of diversity and how it impacts healthcare, you know, from a, from a broad perspective. Sure. Um, when we look at healthcare and just health equality or inequality, it all, it goes even back to clinical trial involvement. So I think it's beyond above and beyond promotion and communications. I mean, we go all the way back to um, engagement in clinical trials. There, we know that there's a lack of diversity in clinical trial development, and then what that uh, then carries forward to is you know underrepresentation in um, product development. Um, and, um, you know, how products are developed, who they're developed for, and then that cascades to um, the communication industry when we look at uh, diversity and those are who are marketing, developing, and communicating um, against uh, these products and these therapies, um, there's underrepresentation. So it, it doesn't just it doesn't start from the marketing kind of end of the funnel. It, it, it's all the way back to beginning of the funnel, and I think we need to address um, diversity farther upstream. Sure, and, and it's often said that, um, you know, given the diverse fabric of this country, we need to have uh, people um, who are um, representat representative of that diversity who are creating the marketing. So since you brought up marketing. Uh, of the world. Right? Yes, of the world, as a matter of fact, and not just this country. So since, since you brought that up, talk about you talked about diversity and inclusion or lack thereof and inequality from a broad perspective. Talk about how that impacts the industry um, that we work in. Oftentimes you get a... Um, a gap in perspective in the work as it's represented um, in terms of, it's not just representation, but perspective. Um, and so there's a gap there um, in, in certain, in some respects of, um, you know, people seeing themselves um, or the representation of the communities in which we serve represented in um, promotion. Um, I would also say um, there's a gap in, um, 
in those who are reviewing the work, making the decisions, and sometimes that can result of, you know, the lack of, of perspective being um, shown where it be creative work, communications, um, and then there, that, that can result in there being a, a tone-deaf nature to some of our work because it's, you know, products are developed for and marketed to, not necessarily um, representing the cultural context of the, of the, um, of the audience that it's serving. Sure, sure. Um, you know, you've I, I noticed in, in your CV you've been an account lead, you know, for for uh, many different uh, agencies that you've worked for, um, and so you've no doubt no doubt worked with a lot of pharma and biotech clients. Do you think they get it? I think that I think some do, some don't. So I don't want to make a general statement about who gets it and who doesn't. Um, Name names here. It's <laughs> not the Senate finance. No, some here. some people get it, and I think for those who are lagging and getting it, I mean uh, the the results speak for themselves, and and that um, you know people of all uh, diverse perspectives are getting more involved in their health management. Um, you know, people are. Um, People are involved. People, um, I think there is more. I've seen more diversity when I walk into a client in recent sitting around the table, anywhere from you know medical representation to marketing leadership. So there's progress being made, mm -hmm. um, and I don't think that uh, the progress is just you know having people around the table that look different, but including people in the decisions that are being made in the review processes, but I, I do think obviously there's more work to be done. Um, and sometimes we'll go into a client and they're looking for um, the agency to reflect the business as well and to reflect the patient base. Um, and so on, I'll say on the agency side, that's where there's a little bit of a gap when they say, um, hey, this is a, I'll use diabetes as an example, this is a diabetes product and we wanna make sure that there are people of color that look like our patients that are on the, the team working on the business. And, uh, you know, sometimes we have to dig really deep to find um, a creative director of color who has the credentials, healthcare credentials, and, and, and that shouldn't be the case, right? It, it shouldn't be that we have to dig for qualified people because they absolutely exist. So um, there's a representation gap on the agency side for sure. Sure. Does that usually surface like at the RFP stage or sometime down the line um, I would say that they're requiring it? It varies by client. Um, in many of the RFPs that I've seen recently, there are even questions about um, being a, um, uh, to offer information about diversity suppliers. Um, and, and so when we have to, we, you know, thankfully my, my organization, we do um, work with diverse suppliers, but those questions are being asked up front. And then when the team comes in the room, the clients want to see a team that represents, uh, that's a little bit broader in representation than perhaps even five years ago. Got it. That, that is a very encouraging sign. Mm -hmm. Our own data have shown um, that there's good uh, progress been, has, has been made with gender equality, including in the, um, in the boardroom mm -hmm. amongst agencies. You know, we haven't measured it um, at Pharma, and we know that they have a C-suite issue uh, with gender equality, uh, but that, you know, other types of um, equality, racial equality and, um, and, um, and sexual preference, that sort of thing, um, that's kind of the next frontier 
Um, so, I hope so. Yeah. Yeah. I, mean, I, I think when we look around the agency and we look around the leadership table, we've made lots of progress in terms of uh, gender equality, to your point. Um, the gender gap is still there. That's, a, that's another podcast. Um, but yes, I, I do, to the point of the topic for the roundtable, see a gap once you start to get to a certain level within organizations of um, other types of diversity and representation beyond gender equality. So to walk in the room and to be the only person of color is not, um, it is not a rarity at all mm-hmm. once you get to a certain level. And I think that is something that many people across the agency world, they want to talk about because it's not that people aren't represented. They aren't represented once you get to a certain level or a certain function or a certain. So, I mean, I, I go places often and to have people still walk up to me and say, oh, I didn't think an agency leader could look like you or, oh, I'm surprised they have your picture on the website. I mean, that's still, you know, a little bit surprising. Yes. Yes, absolutely. And thank you for making that point. You know, we still have a lot, a lot of uh, work to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, so let's, let's talk about the event a little bit. Sure. Um, you know, the, as we mentioned, uh, you're leading a um, one of one of the roundtable discussions. Uh, the the title of the event, I've, I've heard that you didn't make up the title, but it's called Journey to a Diverse Boardroom. Uh, so kind of unpack that topic a little bit and tell us what you plan to uh, talk about. Sure. So to to the point to the point we were making, um, we do we understand, um, and the data shows that um, diversity in the boardroom is beneficial. On um, and it is actually pays right, and so there's there's a direct correlation to businesses doing well and having diverse perspectives represented in the boardroom. However, at the same time. Um, there is um, there's, there appears to be a ceiling to um, mobility when we talked about um, many diverse um, populations, and so it's the the intent of the roundtable is to have an open discussion. You know, what are some of the challenges that people are seeing at work? Um, what are what are the challenges that folks are facing, as well as what are some of the practical strategies that we can do to um, I guess, break the ceiling, so to speak, Mm -hmm. and and just to have an open dialogue about things that have worked for me, things that may have worked for others, and just kind of share and trade. Absolutely. Yeah, um, just sharing tips um, for overcoming obstacles. Um, And um, as the saying goes, there's no um, uh, victory without the struggle. So it's, it's, it's a struggle. Uh, for sure, but this is, sounds like a good, you know, uh, opportune time to, to share those uh, strategies. Um, what are the, you know, the, you talk about, you know, how there are tangible benefits to having more diversity um, in, in the boardroom. Talk about what, what you see as those, as those benefits. Number one is diverse perspectives, in my opinion, um, to make sure that uh, the perspectives of the leadership team represents the perspectives of um the customers, the employees, um, and and I've found that you know, we're, I sit on a leadership team and we may be solving a challenge together, and we're approaching it from a completely different perspective, based on origin, based on where we sit in the organization, um, literally and figuratively, right? Um, and just having an ear to the ground 
um, on you know what's important to the people that we work for and work with um, is important w when it goes into decision making, right? That making huge decisions for the organization, making huge decisions for our clients. So our clients entrust us to um, develop campaigns and, and put out images and messages um, and speak on their behalf in many respects when we're developing um, you know, communications for them. And oftentimes I'll have someone walk over to me and say, hey, I'm developing this. Can I just get your eyes and ears on it? Or can I ask you, is this, you know, appropriate or would this offend? And I don't mind that because I, I'm, I do not represent um, all of any type of person. Um, I represent myself. But, you know, we, we all have multiple layers to who we are, right? Mm -hmm. And so my, um, my layers are going to be different than the next person's layers. And that should go into review of work, um, key decision making, as well as what we put out there and how we represent the brand. Right. So that's a good, good tip in and of itself that, you know, don't be afraid to ask, you know. Asking is better than apologizing. After the fact. Right. Absolutely. Um, we say that in journalism all the time. Right. Um, so, um, uh, you know, you, you mentioned the ceiling. Um, why, why do you think the ceiling still exists uh, when it comes to having more diversity um, in the C-suite? And, and do you see it changing over time? I think there's a, a human nature of surrounding oneself with those who are like them, being attracted to those who are like them, and this is human nature, is natural, but it's embedded in our industry and in many industries, not just our industry, right? And so also, you know, we are in a relationship-based business. So I'm going to call up a contact for a job or I'm going to call up a contact for this or that. And it just spreads from there. And so um, I've even had this conversation recently this, this week with, you know, a group of people here and, and they've said, it's very tough to break into a new group. It's almost like you started a new job or you moved to a new neighborhood and everyone else has lived there for 20 years. And if you look at many leadership um, teams, uh, many large companies or many large networks, many of those people have been there for 20 years and you're entering as a new person who's a little bit different, looks different. So you hire me, um, you may have hired me because I have the experience or I come in different or I look different. I'm going to offer a different perspective, but I think there's a willingness to hire someone that's outside of the box that may not fit the same exact criteria of, um, you know, um, when you when you think about hiring. And then I think there's a commitment to understanding the perspective that that person is in entering an organization as an only or a first or an other um, into a well, you know, oiled kind of fabric of a tight network and understanding that you have to then bring that person in, that's the inclusion piece, right? So there's the diversity of making sure that various people are sitting around the table, but all of that is for nothing. If there's not the inclusion of like, hey, what do you think? Or, hey, I have an right. idea for you, or hey, come, you know, join this conversation. And then there's the, um, nurturing and retaining the talent um, mm -hmm. and and those all those things have to work together for there to be you know advancements um, in any industry right so it's getting all those different facets of, of the equation to work it, together it's, it's not enough to just recruit and and you know 
and not nurture and retain. Right, right. And there's going to be other roundtable topics at the event devoted to mentoring, yep. um, and uh, I'm sure some of these topics will come up uh, as well. Yeah, and they all start to overlap, mm -hmm. right? Because right. oftentimes to get to the boardroom, there's someone that is your champion that says you belong in the boardroom. Mm -hmm. Right, right. Have you had um, an equal share of uh, male or female champions and mentors, or would you say you've had, um, you know, one or the other? I've personally had a disproportionate share of male um, mm -hmm. champions. Um, yeah. That, yeah. So. An N of one, just just yeah, curious. Of, yeah. of, it, it works. It works one. many different ways. But, but I do think it's important for men to champion women. Mm -hmm. You know, while we're on this topic, because oftentimes in in our industry, a lot of the leadership are are men, right? Mm -hmm. And so for someone to say, "Hey, I need a different perspective," or "What do you think?" or "Let me pull you into this conversation," is crucial. Right. Are there other, uh, you know, critical issues um, or signs of progress, you know, that, that you wanted to mention on, on this topic? That's such a broad question. There's, <laughs> there's many, we could talk for eight hours. That's the catch-all question. The catch-all question. Um, I think that uh, the critical, um, not necessarily issue, but the critical issue of um, honest conversations um, and it is is really important. Um, versus making assumptions or um, making assumptions or staying with, you know, one, um, I think I read a quote recently, like, if you're in a room and everyone in the room is like you, you should be wondering who's not in the room, right? You should be asking who's not in the room. Um, and so I would encourage people when they walk in the room, particularly a boardroom or any room, is if everyone is coming from the same perspective, not just racially, culturally, gender-based, whatever. If everyone in the room is just like you, you should be wondering who's not in the room. And, and I'll relate that to this event. I personally want to make sure that um, when we um, talk about attendees for the event or mentors for the event, that the event is not a person of color event. Mm -hmm. It's not a women's event. It's it's an event that it's an event and a topic that uh, should involve and engage everyone. And right. so I hope that right. that's what the attendees attendance looks like. Yes, yes, uh, and that that is the theme of the event is inspiring change and championing diversity in healthcare. And I think that, you know, to your point, Taylor, that's that's all types of diversity, uh, and not not just one type. Um, and uh, again, the event is on on March 14th, and you can find out more information on our website about that. Uh, so, um, uh, driving toward a conclusion here, um, what strategies do you think can speed up the slow pace of, of workplace progress uh, when it comes to diversity and inclusion? Well, the one that we talked about in terms of uh, broadening hiring. Um, and looking in different places uh, to hire uh, unique talent, I think is important. Um, the then the you know once the person is in there, an awareness and a recognition of how um, being any only in the room or first in the room, the weight that that carries. Um, so just nurturing that talent and making sure, it, be it a buddy system or you know an, a resource group or something. That's particularly helpful. And then the other piece is um, tangible acts of inclusion mm -hmm. okay. in any walk of life. Um, yeah. So just, you know, reaching yeah. out, making an active, um, making an active um, 
I guess, quota to engage with someone that's different than oneself is something mm -hmm. that I try to do um, because it, it can only better all of us when we understand uh, the world through someone else's perspective. And I mean, it's a it's a global world, so we've got to be thinking right. broader than someone who looks, feels, and acts just like ourselves. Absolutely, well said. And so it's recruiting, it's nurturing, and it's those tangible acts of inclusion uh, that are that are re really important. And I think we'll leave everybody with with those sentiments. Um, we can. Uh, continue the discussion, uh, of course, uh, at the March 14th event. Uh, so again, you can find information about that on our website. I want to thank Taylor for joining us today. It was thank really, you. really great, great, great discussion. Really enjoyed it. Sure. Um, and um, that's about it uh, for, for today. Make sure to uh, uh, subscribe to our podcast on SoundCloud or iTunes uh, or wherever you get your, uh, your podcasts. And uh, we'll see you next time. Thanks, everybody.